Justin Gatlin is the latest in a long line of sprint sensations to emerge from the USA. Gatlin got a good start. Look at this man coming through now. Gatlin. What a fantastic performance from Gatlin. 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 Ultimate goal is to be one of the best sprinters in history. And what a fantastic performance of Gatlin. And look at the time. It's the American leading the Jamaican at the moment. He knows he is the world champion. Justin Gatlin is the world champion here in London. Hey, what's up, buddy? We back for another episode of Ready, Set, Go. We in the building, man. You know what it is. It's your boy, Jay Gat. And, and my boy, co-host. Rodney Green. There he is, Rodney man. Green. Already jumping the gun. Like, false start, false start. Hold on, man. Man, I, I, got, a, I got a false start today, man, because, you know, man, I, I owe, even though I'd love to share with you, man, but like I told everybody, man, I deliver. I told everybody I would, you know, bring a crown monarch for my boy. Yeah, I mean, he 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 got himself a shot because I lost the bet. But we're gonna get into all that later, man. We got a bunch of topics to cover at this time, man. We're gonna we gonna just jump right into it, man. So come on, man. I was I was I was pretty accurate that though. I need, I, mean, I think I need a double, man. I, I think yeah. I need a double shot on that one, dog. Yeah, you you could get you could get a double. You could get a double. You know what I mean? All I think right. I got enough to give you a double. So so all we right. good. I just want to show everybody at home that I like to pay my debt. You know what I mean? So I, I did tell him he, he he could have two shots of that if he won the bet. So, but like I said, we gonna get into that later, man. A lot of things happened this weekend. We doing a recap of, of what happened this weekend and what it what it possibly may mean. So we all know. I, I don't know. Maybe Justin, you could tell me, man. Uh, why do they call the three hundred meter world record a world best and not a world record? Maybe because it's not an official event. So maybe that's the reason why. Other than that, I don't know, man. I mean, that's. I mean, it, first of all, you it's it's right there. It's that sweet spot. It's between the four hundred and the two hundred. You know what I mean? So you have to have that lung capacity to be able to run it, but you also have to have that foot speed to be able to carry yourself through it too. So, you know, I I think it's a world record. In my book, it's a world record, bro. I, that's how I look at it. The only reason why I ask is for contractual reasons, because you know, world records you get paid for it. So if you run a world pass, you know, can they finesse you and be like, hey, yo, there ain't no real race, so we not going to pay. So who, to- who's saying that it's only a world best? Because when you look on social media, everybody says world record, world record. World no, record. that's what we say. But if you look on every other, like, uh, 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 I think World Athletics, it's like world best. Even when Stevie did it indoor, it said world best. It didn't say world record. I think because it's not an official event. It's not recognized as an official event. It's kind of like if you ran the 150 or if you ran like the the one twenty or something like that, I think check out the one fifty. Got to do the research on it because the one fifty is not an official event, but people still run it. You know, three races. A hundred percent. But I'm only fighting for um, Leslie Tobogo um, <laughs> and saying, "Hey man, the man got a world best. I hope he got paid for it." You know what I mean? Because if it's a world best and not an official race, even though he raced officially, it was it was eight lanes. It was eight people in the race. He won't get a bonus for it. True. True. I, I, <laughs> hey, I'm just fighting the powers for my to be and his inner circle. I think they're gonna handle that. I think they're gonna be good to go. I think he's gonna get his recognition. I hope he get his bonus because that time was crazy, dog. That yeah, time was crazy. Listen, he he did. It. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but it's online. You could go ahead and check it out. I just want to ask from experience. What does this mean? You know, him being the Silver medalist in the 100 and the bronze medalist in the 200. What does this mean for Tobogo going into 2024? Should anybody like Noah DeGrasse be fearful of him in the 200? Uh, or even Noah DeGrasse, 
uh, Zarnell Hughes, uh, Blakes, all these guys in the hundred. Does this mean anything? What's the, what does this mean for him? I'm gonna put you on the spot. If you ran 30, 30, 30.6, I think, what does this mean for him going forward and to his opponents? So to Bogo, Kenny, shout Kenny, out to Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Bernard too. Let me don't, don't, don't forget about him. Kenny Bernard. Kung Fu Kenny. Kung Fu Kitty. Um, bro, shout out to Bogo, man. <sighs> to run that time, and we've seen him run a 300 before, about a year ago back, remember? And then he's over there about maybe, what, 20 meters ago. He holds mm-hmm. his arms out. He turns to the crowd, and he still runs a great time, right? Maybe he ran 31, something like that. Just yep. running like that. You know what I mean? Doing the Michael so Jackson arms. Doing the Michael Jackson on, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> but I think, I think to be honest, man, I think that it's going to turn the 200 world upside down, right? Because now you have someone who's maturing into his events. You know, he was a factor last year. He won two medals. Um, he's shown that he can, he's a, a championship caliber athlete, he can be able to rise to the occasion and get the job done. And looking at who, what he looks like now, he looks a little bigger. He looks a little stronger, especially up top. And those are the same cues and the same, if you think about it, that's what Noah did. Noah matured. His body matured. He's able to hold, sustain his runs. He ran a great time. And Tobogo's going through the same situation right now. So I think the 200 is going to be... Hot and heavy, dog, this year. Just letting you know, man. I mean, True. there's a lot of people who've been waiting in line to get that gold medal, get that silver medal, and that bronze, and get on that top of that podium. I think y'all need to double down on your training because Tobago's coming. He coming. Yeah, I, I think him having, having success last year made him hungry. You know what I mean? I think he actually understand what he really can do at a young age. And I think he realized, like, yeah, I got, I got some hardware, but it's not the color that I want. And I think he wants to be a formidable opponent. And I think he already is, but I think he he's not going to be sitting back watching the world, you know, trying to get like medals if they're not gold. So I think I think that 30 point that 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 world best means something um, that we saw, like you said, with him being bigger and stronger. Also, I think it means something. I think um, his opponents took notice to it, too. Absolutely. And a lot of people say, oh, what's he going to do? Is he going to run the four or is he going to run the two? Duh. He's going to run the two. <laughs> it's easier if you have a bigger reservoir to work with, you know what I mean? To be able to run a certain event. If you can overtrain for a certain event, you're going to damn near be unstoppable. But if he drops, if he goes up to the two, that means he has to work on an extra hundred meters. And he's, he, he's good where he is. And i actually curious to see what he's going to do in a hundred meters as well. So... Yeah, that, that's that's definitely going to be exciting. A three hundred don't have so much bearing on a, on a hundred, but it does a two hundred to me as a coach. Other coaches would would differ, but to me, three hundred has not too much to do with what you can do in a hundred. Um, shoot, next next on our document, we got and we talked about it before. Tia Jones, man, tying the world record, man. Uh, when she tied the world record. Actually, you were in New Mexico. Justin was actually there. Uh, guys, he actually was there and, and saw the event live. What did that look like, man? Oh, amazing, man. I mean, I, we spoke about T and I brought her up and I shot her out in the last episode we had. I said, this is somebody you got to watch out for. If you have a high school athlete who is already coming out and getting a professional contract straight out of high school, 
That means that those companies see something in her that the regular audience doesn't see. And it may take a year or two years to come into fruition. But what we're looking at right now, you're looking at the, the, the emergence of Tia Jones right now. She is an athlete who is poised. She is a veteran. Sitting there watching her in the prelims and how she's able to attack those hurdles and get down off those hurdles. Even with a bum ankle, bro, she had, she had her ankle wrapped up. So she actually tied the world record with her ankle wrapped up. Then she came back for the finals. The finals had at least three to four false starts, right? Something happened with the malfunction with the, uh, the system. You had one athlete who false started. You had another athlete who false started. They, they ran on the protest. And to watch her turn away from the, the, uh, her competition and turn away from the crowd, and she turned her back, and she kind of still dialed in and said, no, nah, this is my moment. This is my time. And then she turned back around, gun went off, and she basically replicated the same time she ran. She actually ran um, 7.68. And I said, once again, with a bum ankle. You know what I mean? She's, when she finished running, she was limping. So that and tells I, you right now the fortitude that she has and what is, if she has two an- good ankles, whew, watch out. Listen, they, they, I've heard, I won't say who told me this, but somebody who she talks to, they said when she, when she tied the world record, and they was like, tried to like give her a hug. She was like, she looked them right in the eyes and was like, it should be faster. That's what she said. That type of it, determination is, the last person who I heard say that was Sydney McLaughlin when I was at US trials in 2022. I asked her, hey, why you always look kind of like not happy when you break the world record? She said, because I want to run 49. It's the last person I heard say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and to sit and to sit and listen to, to Tia speak, like she's poised. She yeah. she she has the, the the mental capacity of a real champion. And she's only 23 years old. You see what I'm saying? So I remember when I was 23, man, I was just wishing that I could be able to make a team. Now she's a front runner who's setting world records, tying world records, and she's going out there. She's gonna be she's gonna be a handful going into the world championships indoor this this season for sure. Shoot, shoot, but we already talked about this, man. But we said Olympic year. If you if they go back and you watch our first show, I think we talked about how Olympic year, we always have crazy times. Drop out the sky. Always. <laughs> People are just more mentally aware, more dialed in and what they want to do and how they want to accomplish it. And we letting the world know that, like, guys, this is what we're watching. So that's why when you hear me say things the way I believe, like, a few records would fall. People would be like, oh, that's far-fetched. It's not that far-fetched. <laughs> it's not. It's not that, it's not that far-fetched at all. It's just the fact that the audience, they, they're looking at it from their perspective. And they're like, whoa, who is this person? They just came out of nowhere. This, this individual has been training for this moment. You know, some, and you know, as a coach, sometimes you could prepare for the Olympics and the Olympic season almost a whole year to two years out. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's where they're at now. She, people like Tia are peaking at the right time. So grab your popcorn, be ready, because I tell you right now, the, the female hurdles is going to be exciting to watch for sure. Shoot. Now that we talked about the female hurdles, that, that, well, but actually, watching her and my, and my countryman, Devin Charlton, go at it at, at Worlds is going to be really fun to watch. But I mean... We can't forget about Danielle Williams, the current world champion, who will be there also. You can't count her out because they counted her out last year at Worlds and she won it. So, you know, that's that that's going to be a hot ticket out there in Glasgow. So 
Please, please, please let's be aware. Let's be aware it. of that race. And you know what I also love about it is the fact that the camaraderie amongst the females. You know what I'm saying? Like those, those hurdlers, every time when Devin broke the world record, right? What did they do? All the females came around her. All her competitors came around and they hugged her. They showed her oh, love. Oh, yeah, yeah. They you showed know what I'm mad love. And the same thing, you know, with Tia. It's like, everybody was in disbelief. But the fact is, they're like, wow. And they came over and gave her a hug, gave her love. Same thing with Daniel when she, when she won the world's indoors. It became the world champion once again. It's like, they show love to each other. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, I think, what helps propel their event and makes it even better to watch this competition because- you know they want to get out there. They want to murder each other. But at the end of the day, they respect each other's craft, too. You know it. You know it, man. Shoot. Well, right behind that, we got a world record holder breaking his own world record. <laughs> and our own, the Wonder Boy. If anybody don't know, that's what they, that's what they call him, the Wonder Boy, Grant Holloway. Boy broke his world record again at 727. He taught, what, top four all time after breaking yeah. the world record? <laughs> yeah, I think he's like... <laughs> I, I know he's undefeated indoor season, but indoor from all the way from college through professional, there has not he's not been beaten indoor. So that's his that's his bread and butter. That's what he's good at. He knows it. And watching him run indoor, he's just on a different level, man. It's almost like you ever played a video game and <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I'm about to say. And the video game glitches and your opponent is like already two steps ahead of you and you're trying to figure out what is going on here and you mashing the buttons really quickly. Watching Grant like move, he is flowing so good and he you could tell that he's he's still trying to look for that next level. He's not he's not comfortable with just saying, okay, I'm good at this and this gets me to where I need to get to. This gets me on top of the podium. He still wants to evolve. And talking to him in the warm area, he's all business, but he still has that mentality where he's like, he's having fun with it. You know what I mean? So to sit and watch him break the world record, and then everybody was like, well, why is he not running the finals? Y'all yeah, just the, saw a world record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't give him too much. The last time he almost broke the world record, and then he, he went back in, he kind of he kind of went f- flat. Or I don't know what, what happened, but and you remember in the semifinal, he ran that 1281. And then he won the Nationals, but I think he just pressed too hard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He was really relaxed when he almost broke the world record the first time at 1281. Um, so I think, you know, him and his coach and his team, they understood that we don't have to run. We want to save the, another world record for when we go to Glasgow, which is the right thing to do. And 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 if Grant playing it his way, but he says it or not, it's a bigger check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can, he can get more money doing it that way. Hey, Grant. Shout out to you, man. You you got this thing set up to where you know how to earn your coins, man. So hey, shout out to, to Grant, man. And know shout out to Grant, man. He, he's a real <laughs> he is a real professional on and off the track, man. I love what he's doing, man. I love what he's doing. Take take your own your own destiny into your own hands, man. Do, keep I know, doing man. your thing. He's doing it real good with the Boosie fade. I like his Boosie fade. He's been having <laughs> it. I want to ask him if his fade inspired by Boosie though. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, on to the next one, man. Um, you was out there, man, and we have another athlete on the rise. I know we talked about a few athletes on the rise. I watched her run the 400, man, and she looked amazing. Alexis Holmes, she ran the third third fastest time in the world with a PB and one out there at U.S. Trials. You know, very, you know, very, very, very strong runner, and our coaches are bringing her along really well. Um, what was that like? Man. 
you know, watching that female 400, you didn't know exactly what was going to happen, especially I, I watched and I commentated through the prelims, right? And, you know, and especially the female, the female 400, usually the veterans are the ones making the move and the ones attacking and going around the track and, and dominating, you know, and to get in the position. And when you watch Alexis run, shout out to Alexis. I like Alexis so much. She, she's just so poised. Um, I really feel in talking to her, she took last year by winning that anchor leg and the mixed relay and the way she did it, you know what I'm saying? It was in grand fashion. And then also having a mess up in the four by four females for that off for the world championships and then being accountable for it. You know what I mean? I think that gave her some fire. And I think she went back home and she trained hard for the season. And now that's what we're seeing. We're seeing how she's training so hard for this moment that she's going out there and she has leveled up. She's gotten to a different whole level now. When you watch her run, I mean, she dominated that whole race. She dominated the whole race and she, and she finished in 50 point low. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she's able to walk away. And she walked away with her hands on her hips like, hey, this ain't nothing. I got it. You know what I mean? I think um, she's, she's turning what some people will find tragedy into triumph. You know, she's using that to go and, and redeem herself to get back on to win and then get back on the relay to prove herself to like, guys, I'm sorry. She understands the pedigree that the United States have in the 4x4 to come back and solidify this year that I not only I am one of the runners on this team, but I understand the history behind the event of why we could win so many times. You know what I mean? And I don't think she wants to be the person or on the team where it, it won't happen. She wants to be one of the people that make it happen and bring that gold back to the United States. And it's a void. Gonna, yep. It's a void right now on the on Team USA in the 400 with Allison leaving. You know, now you you she has stepped up into that into that spot right now. But also we have to remember the females 400, when it comes to like world stage, it is a difficult event to be able 100%. to be, a, to dominate it. You know what I mean? 100%. So shout outs to her. I hope that she keeps going. You know, indoor season looks great. I think she's going to go into world indoor. She's going to do a very good job. And she has a whole outdoor season to be able to make sure that she still goes out there and runs great times and dominates. But yeah. she has a formidable opponent that that's going to show up indoors very soon. And who is that? It's, uh, I think she just broke the world record, Femke Bo. <laughs> I love her name, bro. It's, 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 such, a, it's such a James Femke, Bond villain name. What? Femke, Femke Bo. Femke Bo. Femke. Femke. I want to say it right. Femke Bo. But, but not only her, look, like a, a teammate just ran the second fastest time. Leaky Claver ran 50.10. So what that means is, if the world doesn't pay attention, that means that the Netherlands are going to have a formidable 4x4 team also. You're going to have to watch out for them because they don't just have Femke. And they've been showing this from Worlds in 2022 that, hey, we are coming and we are current and we will be the world's best. So, yeah, I hear, and I did say it, the pedigree of the United States, but the world is catching up. The world well, is definitely catching up. I mean, that's not even breaking news. We already know that the Netherlands <laughs> is coming. They, they've shown that... <laughs> The inspiration of what Femme Cabal can bring to the table. <laughs> Look how you say she it. has she has inspired she has inspired obviously her own teammates to be able to step up and and know that they can run 
very fast. They can be able to get the job done as well. And, and I mean, it's a team thing. You know, a lot of those individuals probably feel like they're not going to make the finals or they won't be able to make get to the podium. So this is actually their this is actually their window of opportunity where they can get into the finals and they can get on the podium with their teammates together. So they're going to be a they're going to be a team to be reckoned with for sure, you know? 100%. But it's just like you said. You said Femke Ball. But shoot, one of my countrymen are on her way back too, man. She had a baby and they're going to have to deal with her. Even Polino, the world champion is going to have to deal but the reigning Olympic champion and former world champion, Shawnee Miller-Rebo. She, she's going to be back in full effect this year. Um, so, and let's not forget Sydney also. <laughs> Sydney jumping into the conversation and Nasser. So is, I Sydney, think, is Sydney going to run the open four or is she going back to the 400? Hurdle? I think she's going back, back and forth. You know, who knows what her coach have up his sleeve? Because you never know. That's you never Bobby, know. man. You never Bobby. know with him. You know Bobby I mean? a mad scientist, man. Bobby going to get it done. But I know Bobby likes to dabble in world records. So he already has, the, what, two, three times world record in the 400-meter hurdles. The, the more challenging event for him right now would be the Open 400. But that feat would not be easy dealing with Shawnee. I, I know that for a fact. I mean, you're right. You a hundred percent right, and I think that. I mean, Femkebal could definitely throw her throw her hat in the ring when it comes to the open four. Obviously, breaking the world world record indoors and running forty nine indoors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is crazy because there's a lot of people who wish they could run forty nine outdoors. So to be able to do that has to show poise and strength. Um, but I think right now for Fem, she wants to get that Olympic gold medal in that four hundred hurdles. But you got other people who are coming back into the event, like you said, Shanae. So that 400, that 400 flat is going to be a hot one, too. And, and let's not forget, we don't know if Shanae is not going to run Indoor Worlds. Remember, she is the world Indoor World Champion. You know what I mean? So she has a bye. She doesn't have to run. She just has to show fitness or with our country. She just doesn't have to run. She is the Indoor World Champion, you know, uh, for our country and for the world. So... We, we, we might see her show up, which will be like a crazy battle for Endor right now. You know what I mean? So yeah. who, know, who knows what we can see? This is true. This is true. What else did you see this weekend? What did you think about the, uh, the men's 60? What did you think about it, though? Shoot, the men's 60. Well, uh, we all know that you won the prediction. That's why you got two <laughs> shots of this. Shot at that crown. <laughs> yeah, you know <what> I mean, <laughs> that's why you got two shots of that coming, man. You predicted it. Um, I knew Coleman would have to have a, a season's best, and you said it best that 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 Noah would have to PB to get it done, and he did six forty three right at the line. Um, I thought it was a great race. Thought it was a great race, but like I said, man, these guys didn't. Uh, uh, Noah rack up all his confidence. He feeds off of this, man. And he's making himself a formidable opponent coming into the outdoor, which is going to be very hard to beat. Actually, you're 100% right. I mean, Noah's been known to, to basically come on in the 100 meters, about 75 meters. He's already making moves early now between the 55 to the 60 meter mark. So... He's in the mix now when it comes to the 100 meters. You, you can't deny that. Nope. Watching what he's done indoors right now, early this season, if he carries that to outdoors, it's only going to get more deadly. 
Yes. So that's a that's a thing that I think a lot of the hundred meter runners now who are preparing to get ready, those other top dogs, they have to take that in consideration. Don't go out there thinking that you're racing that same Noah that you did years, year in, year out. He is going to be shoulder to shoulder with you at that 55 meter, 60 meter mark. So Not you even. have to come with something different. Not even, bro. Like once you put it into he he's still and let's keep in mind he has one more race. We we don't know what could happen. You know what I mean? If you take the analytics of what he's doing now and you give it to old Noah, who's ran times, it puts Noah somewhere around 972, 975, right? If you just take old Noah, what he's done in, in the first half and match the second half. But if you merge this first half with his old second half, we're talking about 972 Noah. You know what I mean? That's what we're talking about. This is why I say with the right type of win, and the right type of race, you know, atmosphere, you know, like I said, some coaches may think I'm crazy. I say the American record is in jeopardy. I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I man. definitely think so. Listen, after seeing that in person, how he's able to like <laughs> surge like that halfway through the race, man, sign it up for the sign this man up for the next uh, 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 DC movie, man. So he can play Flash because that that was crazy, dog. That shit was crazy. Yeah. To be able to do that in such a small amount of you know what I'm saying meters, it's uh it's it's a deadly thing. It's a deadly thing to have, and that's a natural ability that he has. He stayed poised. He stayed confident because when you watch the race, man, he didn't even get out the blocks. He didn't get out the blocks first. He didn't get out the blocks second. He probably got out the blocks maybe in fourth. Yeah. And he was able to make up that distance to be able to get out front. And, and Christian did everything. Everything, yeah. I, I believe, to the T that he could do at that point in time. He got out. He had one of the best starts he ever, you've ever seen. Right? You know what I'm saying? He gave, he put at least two shoulder links on Noah and the rest of the field. So he dominated the race. He front run the race like he always does. He was in his comfort zone. You know what I mean? So he did everything he could do. So we'll see what happens when it comes to the world. Those two top dogs right now, they're going to they're gonna face off again when it comes to the world championships in about a week or so, man. You said something that, that, that was very, that, that, that I'm going to shine a light on, you know what I mean? Because I coach a little bit. Um, you said that he felt comfortable. The one thing that Noah said, and I say this to the athletes that I coach too, the one thing I, Noah said in his interview, he's like, and all his starts, he always was feeling uncomfortable, but him and his coach talked about a strategy of how when he feels un uncomfortable, it's the right thing. He talked about his second step, feeling uncomfortable, and no matter where he was in the race, he knew to trust the rest of the race as long as that step was uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I feel like when a lot of runners want to run for comfort or stay in their comfort zone, they, 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 they don't realize that it could be an Achilles heel for themselves. You know what I mean? Running fast is uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So he said that, and look what happened. Him being uncomfortable brought him 643, uh, indoor, his first indoor national title, um, second world lead in the 60, um, because he, he's never been the fastest guy in the 60 in the world ever. So he got his first one at 644, and then this is his second world lead um, in the 60 ever. So being uncomfortable or him doing a lot of things that's uncomfortable for him has led him to a lot of things that could could bring comfort, you know what I mean? So growing pain, so to speak, if, if we may say so, you know? Yeah. I had so. a conversation with him in the Morp area uh, the day before he started his runs. And um, I said, man, what, what is your, what's your mindset? Where you at? He's like, I'm just doing me. He's like, 
if I win, if I don't win, that's what I'm here. I'm here to give my best effort. I'm just doing me. I said, well, what's the difference between you now and you before? He said, in 2021, he said, I felt like I was forced to be something that I didn't want to be. I feel like I had to run a way that I didn't want to run, right? And when you're an elite athlete and you start making your way up to that higher level, you feel that pressure of sponsors, teammates, coaches, everyone is trying to like put you in a certain box and you got to operate a certain way. You got to run a certain way. I'm glad he found and said, I'm going to be me. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to be that guy that walks into the building with a motorcycle helmet, whole motorcycle outfit on. I'm going to be that guy who goes out there and just does things different because that's who he is. So to watch someone speak that and then go out there and back it up, it is a breath of fresh air because in our sport, you feel like as an elite athlete and a champion, you have to conduct yourself a certain way. And he said, nah, give me that. This is mine. I talk to talk, I walk to walk, and I'm going to be able to create my own world, you know? Yeah, man. And, and, and for people that's hating on him, you can't hate, no, hate on him. He's basically telling all of his opponents and everybody in the world what he's going to do. It's up to somebody to say, I am going to stop him. If you don't stop him, you know what I mean? You can't, you, please don't hate on the man because he's telling you, he's giving you the blueprint on what he's doing. And we're watching the plans and everybody in his way is not being able to stop him. And which I don't think all of his opponents are going to like watch him win. Everybody's going to be as dialed in to try to stop him this year, which which would mostly almost be unlikely sometimes because if you're trying to ramp up training this year to try to beat Noah now, that should have started in the fall. You should have been training to beat or be a world champion or whatever you was going to be in the fall. I mean, when you had your best year in 2015, you said whatever your coach gave you, you was doubling it. If it was pulling 145 on the sled, you was putting 245s on there, which gave you the best or consistent nine-second season ever in history that we've seen, the most nine-sevens ever ran in a year. So just to show that once you're here at this point in time in February or March, you could kind of hang it up unless, unless you have something up your sleeve. Like, and I'm not talking for the runners who have not run, ran already. Some of them might come out outdoor and do something, but I'm talking about the people who ran against Noah. Like, ain't too much you could do. It's like a punch you in the mouth moment. You got punched in the mouth, and now you just got to sit back and take it. You know what I mean? Facts. Yeah, so, facts. For sure. Um, I know we usually don't speak on other events outside of uh, track and field. Um, well, track, should I say. But I want to talk about a little bit and, and give this dude his flowers, man. Ryan Krauser, man. I learned a little oh, fact yeah. when I was doing some commentating, man. <laughs> This dude has thrown twenty the mark of twenty two over two hundred times, dog. Over two hundred times. This man is so dominant in his sport in his field. Like, it's like it's the old saying: when you see him show up, everybody's fighting for second. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and and to watch him emerge from twenty sixteen, getting the gold, and like establish himself and just dominating. For such a long period of time, man, like regardless of you're a runner, a thrower, a jumper, it is difficult to be consistent in our in our sport, right? Because yeah. one, you're battling multiple competitors across the world. You're traveling across the world. You don't know what's that doing to your body. And you're also, you're getting older, yeah. progressively getting older. 
and you're beating your body down year in, year out. For him to, him to sustain that kind of success throughout his career, like that shows the fortitude he has, and he's built for this, man. So I got to take, take my hat off to Ryan, man, for sure. He has gone indoors. He wants to get his first indoor title. So do your thing, man. Go out there and get that title, man. Add another one to the trophy case. Yeah, that, that, that's what he out there doing, man. So we want to shout out Ryan Krause and the Thos, man. Uh, shoot, let's... One thing we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get back to, man, we didn't talk about uh, the women's 60 meter, you know, and Aaliyah Hobbs and, and her training partner. Uh, Briscoe. Briscoe. Yeah, Makai Briscoe. You know, them getting one and two congratulations on them both being training partners and from LSU. You know what I mean? It's kind of reminiscent of, of you you and Sean making the team. You know that, I mean? that, that, the that, dynamic duo, yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that has to be, that has to feel great because, you know what I mean, to come from the same camp um, and make a team like that, I mean, what, what, did, what did that feel like for you? Or like if you could talk about a little bit about what they may have felt come across that line at one and the two. You feel happy, man. Because, you know, you, you come in, you're in an individualized sport. So regardless of who you train with and you call them your teammate or whatever like that, when that gun goes off, it is you. And you're competing against everybody else to get that top spot. So that's what it is, you know? So, but when you come across that line, you go one and two, you watch your teammate, you know what I'm saying, get some of the victory as well. You're happy because, one, you know your training's going well, not only for yourself, but for your training partners. So now when you go back home, now iron still can sharpen iron because now they're inspired and they want to get better. It's not that you come back home, you got all the glory and they're like, well, you know, it didn't work out for me. You know what I mean? And now it starts to cause some kind of friction between you and your teammates because now you're getting all the accolades, you're winning, you're getting the PRs and things like that. But now that dynamic duel between Briscoe and Hobbs, and you see they're having a good time with it, right? I want to see them carry it to outdoor. You know what I'm saying? Cross over that 60-meter threshold, take it outdoor. Because when you step to that line and it's two of you, you don't feel alone anymore. Because you know whatever lane that you're in, you know you have a teammate that's right over there too. So you know you can go through that race and your checkpoints, you'll be like, all right, I know Briscoe be right here. I got to turn it on. You know what I mean? I got to keep running. I got to keep running hard. Because so it's that accountability to be able to make sure you do good because you want your teammate to do good and you can't leave, let your teammate leave you behind either. Where these other athletes that you're competing against don't have that. They have that moment where they're out there on the track alone. Well, listen, when they go to Glasgow, it's, it's not going to be easy. Being that both of them have sub seven before, Aliyah and Makaya, but you have other runners, uh, the, the indoor world champion being in from Switzerland, uh, Ken Bungie who's ran under seven, who will be back. And then you have Julian Alfred, who we've just witnessed run under seven for the second time, uh, but third time. Uh, she's going to be out there and a rising star in, in, in Iba Swoboda from Poland. So she's right there at 701. So <laughs> the, the heat semis and finals, it's going to be a hot one. Not to say that they're not able to get it done, but it's going to be hard for them to get it done because they have formidable opponents. You predicting a world record? You predicting a world record? It's Olympic year. It goes. I'm just saying. I mean, all all of them are right there. They all fires. They firing off cylinders going. I mean, I I see a world record coming, bro. I'm calling it 690. 690. 
you, you, think, you think about the field, you know, you got what, Aaliyah, what, 694? You got uh, 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 Julian at 694. You got Kimbunji, I think, at 696. You got uh, 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 Makaya Briscoe at, I think, 699. You line that up, boy, it's problems. <laughs> it's problems. Yeah. It's, it's, it's problems. So, yeah, we, we, we might see a world record and then transition to outdoor. Like I said, for the women who are not, the, 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 the opponents who are not running outdoor, uh, indoor, they're watching though. I think the Sharikas, uh, the Shikaris, the, the, the uh, uh, Shelly Ann's, uh, the Elaine's, they're watching. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're understanding, okay, what, what, could, what could this mean when they come outdoor? You know what I mean? So they might not be worried, but they're watching. <laughs> and a lot of them young girls who are coming up, you know, I know Aaliyah and Briscoe took took to shine in the in the women's sixty, but you have Tamara Clark who who have shown up, you know, saying she ran a grace, a great race, um, who's also very good when it comes to outdoor, right? She's gotten much better. The same thing with Kiara. Kiara Parker has yeah, she, what she personal she didn't have a personal best, but she has season best multiple times this season already. So that's something that young athletes has to take that as a victory, saying, okay, the progression is there. I can take that win, that little that self win, and I can go outdoors and say, okay, now it's time to get better. Yeah, that 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 was tough for us. Um Kiara Parker is my athlete. She got fifth. Um like we did uh I don't want to make excuses to say why. Um but it was kind of short notice how we approached indoor. Um but you know we working on some things so you know when we get outdoor we we'll we'll be okay. But you know um but Take that was that a hard, win, man. Yeah, Take that they, win, dog. That I, I, you, you saying it from a coaching perspective. Yeah, yeah, and I know you're like, man, you know, it's all right. It's good. Yeah, it's but the right. thing is, guess what? How many weeks ago did y'all decide to run indoor? Uh, before, shoot, before our first one, it was like two weeks before our first race. Like in Exactly. <laughs> so l- less than a month, and she decided <laughs> that she was going to run indoor. I guarantee you, all the girls that we talking about right now, they are prepared. They, before they even got into season, they knew that they were going to run indoor this season. Yeah. So where, where she's at right now, I think that's a good standing for her. I, I made sure I talked to her in the warm area afterwards. And I said, take this victory. Stop, stop being so hard on yourself. Take the victory. I'm not saying go out and celebrate and be, you know, be complacent, but kind of put that log into the fire and let the fire get bigger. You know what I mean? I say, I said, here, here we are right now. Would you rather be on this world team or would you rather be on this Olympic team if you had to choose? She was like, you're right. I was like, all right then. So you know what it is then. You know what I'm saying? Stoke that fire, get hungry, go back out there and get the job done. Now you've leveled up. Let's get, let's get ready for outdoors. Sure. That, that's what I told her too. And, it, and it's hard for her because she's in it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, as an athlete, you just want it so bad. You know what I mean? But uh, I told her, let's keep the main thing the main thing. We were training from the Olympics when we started in uh, November, um, and that's the main thing. But but I told her to use, to, to don't forget this moment, you know, to hold on to this type of energy, and let's just, let's turn tragedy into triumph, you know. It's not tragedy. It's actually, it's actually a pretty good look, because around this time, she, could, she wasn't able to sprint like this. So, uh, exactly. shouts out to Kiara, so... Yeah. Shouts out, shouts out, shouts out for sure. Shouts out, man. So, so speaking of a dynamic duo, um, and you spoke about me and Sean, 
I guess it's time for another Olympic stories, is it not? Olympic stories. We're going to have story time with Justin Gatlin and, and, and some of his Olympic memories being from any one of the Olympics that he's been to. So go ahead. Let's share with us, man. You and Sean. I got a two-parter, but we're going to keep the next part, part two for the next episode. But Okay, cool, cool, cool. So for, for this one, it is leading up to the 100-meter prelims in 2004 at the Olympics. And we are roommates in the Olympic Village in Athens, Greece. And I remember he, he was so excited. <laughs> I know he, was like, man. he was like, man, you know what? I was like... He kept pacing back and forward in the room. He's like, man, you know what? I'm ready for tomorrow, man. And I'm just chilling on the bed. I'm young, bro. So I'm just like, real? For real? You, you ready? You ready? He's like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I was like, how ready are you? He said, I'm this ready. And he had his clothes laid out like it was the first day of school. Y'all remember those days, right? He had the first day of school, clothes laid, laid out. He had his whole Olympic gear, what he's going to wear the next day for a competition laid out. I was like, all right, so what, what's up? What's up? He said, you, said, you see this? He said, this is, my, this is my kit. This is my rap. You know what I mean? I'm going to put it on like a car. That's what I'm, I'm embodying a sports car, a race car. I was like, all right, bet, bet. He said, I was like, what about this piece? He said, he said, my hat. He said, I'm going to turn my hat backwards. And this is my spoiler right here. My brim is my spoiler. I was like, all right, bet, bet. He said, all right, you see these glasses? He said, I said, yeah. He said, that's my tinted windows. I'm about to ride out. <laughs> now, mind you. I'm telling you this right now because I'm thinking metaphorically, he's like, this is how I'm going to feel when I'm warming up. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting there. He's first round, first heat. And I'm sitting there waiting. I think I'm heat too. And I'm just sitting there watching up at the screen like every other athlete. And all, you know, when you get back up there, they call your name, the roll call, lane one, lane two. So everybody starts taking their clothes off. Sean... Sean takes his clothes off, but Sean leaves his sunglasses and his hat on. Now, mind you, a hat isn't a part of our racing gear. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a part of your gear to wear, you know, when you're not racing, but it's not part of your racing gear, right? So, he, he gets in the blocks, and he has a hat backwards. He has the sunglasses on. The gun goes off, and then this dude drops a sub-10 first round, and he come across the line. And I'm like, this boy really did that. He really went out there and, and embodied a race car. <laughs> and I remember after we crossed the line, man, and I saw him in the cool down area, he's like, see, I told you, I'm about to ride on on these fools. So <laughs> shout out to Sean, man. He, he has always thought outside the box and at sometimes it's got him in trouble and sometimes it has been hilarious and it has put him in a different stage and different platform. But um. This guy is a true legend. He was already a legend when he was already in the sport, and he's a true legend even outside the sport now, man. So shout out to Sean, man, man the race car Sean. driver. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, man. Hopefully you guys had enough, man. Stay tuned for your next episode of Ready, Set, Go. Go.